Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and today we're going to talk about SmackDown Live, the go-home show for SummerSlam, August 15th, 2017. Uh, joined as always by Chris Calicut, and we got a guest today, Michael Jernigan. How's it going, man? I'm good, Glenn. How you guys doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. So, Chris, I'll kick it to you first. What did you think of SmackDown last night? I was very confused, man, to be quite honest with you. I, I For a go-home show, I thought the first hour and 20 minutes was pretty dreadful for SmackDown standards. Uh, and then it kind of picked up steam toward the end, obviously with the Corbin cash-in or lack thereof. And, and I wasn't much of a fan of the opening segment either. So uh, what about y'all? Yeah, Michael, what did you think, man? Uh, I listen. SmackDown. SmackDown's been rough for me the past couple of weeks, but I did enjoy the last the last match, the main event. These boys tried to hype that main event the best they could. Um, I did enjoy the cash in. Uh, it caught me off guard. I wasn't ready for it when Corbin was standing in the aisleway and looked at his briefcase and was ready to go. It caught me off guard. So at least they ended on kind of an exciting, upbeat note to to make up for the first you know hour and a half. Yeah. So we did open last night with uh, Jinder Mahal coming out, doing a bit of a celebration, as it were, getting some good heat from the crowd, and then a face-off with Shinsuke Nakamura to hype their match for the WWE Championship on Sunday at SummerSlam. Um, Chris, what do you think of this in terms of with Jinder? He was getting more of a mixed reaction, felt like, than usual, and um, you know Nakamura coming out and, and having these two guys do a heavy, talky promo at the end there. Well, all right, here's my thing. This, to me, was a very risky segment to have because you have to read the room. Um, and his celebration came off as actually very genuine and babyface-esque, but because he's Indian or Indian-Canadian, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> um, he gets the big international heat, or at least that's what Vince wants to happen. But considering the recent events in, in mine and Michael's part of the country over toward the, the southeast, there, there's been a lot of stuff going on, man. And um, I, I really thought this was slightly distasteful. Mm. Yeah. Did, it, did it get a lot of heat? Absolutely. But was it for the right reasons? I, I don't necessarily think so. Um, I just thought it was kind of risky. It made me, as a viewer in, in my area of the country, slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um... I mean, these things always are, right? Not that the WWE has ever been good about showing cultural or geopolitical sensitivity. Um, it felt to me last night, I don't know, it kind of strange because they did this before with gender, right? They did the big celebration. And when they did mm -hmm. it the first time, I mean, it was so cool that a lot of people weren't, weren't even giving it heat. You know, it was right. meant see, to be I, I was excited to see all the dancers and the musicians yeah. back. I'm like, hey, this is kind of cool. They brought this back. It's a nice little callback. But it, it wasn't getting heat for me because i thought it was a cool spectacle i mean it's yeah. like a big celebration it, it is what it was supposed to be um and even the sweet old lady singing the the indian national anthem i'm like how can i hate this i mean i'm not i don't want to boo a little old lady hi <laughs> right, boys i love the the national anthem singing to me that brings back nikolai volkov and and the iron sheik and it brings back old memories from from wwf back in the day I will boo somebody else's national anthem in a heartbeat and won't come back. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm all for it. Boo, boo, boo. 
Uh, meanwhile, I'm the type of guy. I'm the type of guy that gender starts criticizing America, and I'm like, you know, he has some valid points. We should really look at ourselves <laughs> and evaluate here. Um, but I thought it was interesting. So with uh, gender versus Shinsuke, I mean, okay, so Michael, you don't got a horse in the race, you know, if it's about that's, nationality versus nationality. That's true. That's true. You're right. I, I, my, my allegiance go with with uh, Nakamura though, just because I'm a big fan. But listen, if we're talking USA. <laughs> I'm waiting on John Cena, my man. I'm waiting on John to come back and win, win that belt. Yeah, and that's what was interesting about the the main event last night is a lot of people thought that Jinder versus Cena, I mean, we thought that was going to be the SummerSlam match. So yep. it was kind of crazy that um, we got this for the go-home show. So that segment... This, this yeah. was the order of events, though. This was another kind of silly thing. Um, Cena fought Nakamura for the right to face Mahal. And then, obviously, tonight's was not for the title, but he still ends up facing Mahal before Nakamura. I'm like, so why exactly did we? I mean, I, I get it. It's not for the title to not, last night. Uh, but the order of operations and, and the thought process behind it, I thought was a little wonky. It was just strange, especially with the ending. And we'll talk about that. I mean, look, if you're watching this podcast, you watch SmackDown. Baron Corbin, man, what, what was up with that? That's, That's uh, our tease. You have to stay until yeah. the end of the show to figure yeah. it out. Yeah, and and but could you imagine last night if you turned off SmackDown towards the end of the main event? You're just like, ah, there's a minute left in the show. What's gonna happen? I'll tune in Sunday on SummerSlam. Uh yeah, both both shows did a very good job of taking it right to the brink of the the trademark logo at the end there. Um, mm -hmm. so we came out of that opening segment last night, uh, and they were in Providence, Rhode Island, by the way. So I mean, it's I don't know. Interesting, interesting idea that because I mean the WWE is shameless sometimes about depending on where they are in the country, but I don't know that Providence, Rhode Island is necessarily like the cheap heat, you know, capital for uh, other nationalities. Maybe it is. Who knows? But you think it would be more probably they're booing Jinder more because he's Canadian and those uh, guys are coming over the border from the north and stealing their jobs. Them uh, jokers, they don't even know that he's that he's Indian, man. Yeah. Rhode Island people, they don't even know that he's from India. They got yeah, no there's another Canadian coming over yeah. here for you know our the weak exchange rate. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, something else. Okay, so we went from that. Um, teased a lot of stuff that was going to happen last night. A lot of stuff setting things up. Uh, they had an update on Rick update on Rick Flair's condition last night. So, Chris, what's the latest on that? Honestly, not a huge update as of this morning. Still resting comfortably, but in critical condition after his surgery a couple of days ago. Um, I know us, uh, me and Jernigan being Carolina boys, we, we are close to Flair country, um, and we wish him the best. Um, I think Charlotte was, I'm not sure if she's still out on her media tour in China or if she's back with the family at this point, hmm. but I know she was overseas over in China uh, for a lot of this uh transpiring so it's kind yeah. of a tough family situation there but as always we at wrestling inc send our thoughts and prayers over to the flair family um, and as always keep an eye on the website uh as updates become available you'll be the first to hear them yeah um no no hope uh, he has a speedy recovery and uh hope he gets out of the woods soon with all this so natalia versus becky lynch last night um i mean not really a lot to be said about this match it was solid we've seen these women against one another many, many times. I think the key was really in building Natalia up for her championship match against Naomi on Sunday. Michael, where do you think this is all going with this? Do you think we're going to see a Carmella cash in? Do you think Natalia is going to 
hold that belt momentarily before Carmella cashes in, perhaps? Or what do you think the result's going to be Sunday at SummerSlam? Uh, what what I what I think they're 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 working towards is is I see Natalia winning winning the championship. Um, it's been years since she's had a women's championship, and she's been one of the best workers in the in the company for years and years. Um, and then I see Carmella coming in, and because of I don't want to. I don't want to give too much away about the main event last night, but because of that cash in last night, um, I think Carmella is walking out of SummerSlam as the women's SmackDown champion. Wouldn't it be funny if it's just an exact replay of last night and it's just backstage <laughs> Vince being like, screw NXT, you know? I, mean, just, I wouldn't be surprised, my yeah. man. I would not yeah. be surprised. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Chris? What do you think is happening? Are you going by Raj's uh, booking algorithm here? That uh, because Natalia got the win last night, she's taking the pin on Sunday. Honestly, I, I don't think so. I, I, because they they wanted to build her up last night, and and I know why they did what they did. They wanted to give her a credible win over a, a good, solid babyface like Becky Lynch, um, who has the different weapons. They wanted to reestablish the sharpshooter as a potential finish. So if you get Becky to tap to it, then, oh, my goodness, is Naomi going to tap to it? That's the mindset they were going for. So I like the setup of the match, even though people thought it was pointless. I thought it actually accomplished a lot there getting ready for Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, but with that said, Carmella's going to be walking out the champ one way or the other because since they failed the cash-in last night, there's no reason to hold it off any longer, I don't think. Um, there's not a whole lot of legs left in this storyline and I really hope Ellsworth has something to do with it. Oh, Ellsworth's really going to be do. front and center in whatever happens. I mean, has to be, right? And if you look at the WWE with everything you hear from the, the former writers saying they're not about storytelling, they're about moments, I think what better moment than a major heel upset at SummerSlam with Carmella cashing in, winning, and having James Ellsworth help her do it. I think that love it or hate it, most people will probably hate it, but that that's a big moment. And I have to give credit, though, last night, and I saw uh, on Twitter a lot of people were saying this, including, I believe, Wrestling Inc., Carmella last night so improved on the mic. I mean, she came out there oh, with yeah. confidence and swagger, and she owned it. And that was really, mm -hmm. really great to see. Do you guys think that this is both of these women are just kind of holding places for Charlotte to, to, to get the championship back? Absolutely. No question. Oh, yeah. If they're not going to send her back to Raw in the shakeup, if there is one, then that has to be, um, I think, Babyface Charlotte, even though it's out of, out of place a little bit because yeah. Hill Charlotte's better than Babyface Charlotte. Um, I think that sets up nicely for her and Carmella, and I think that uh, Charlotte and Carmella could have a pretty nice match with each other. Yeah, when's it going to happen, though, man? I mean, Carmella is champ. When's the next SmackDown pay-per-view? I mean, October. October, yeah, as of right now, until we get some more possible news confirmed for that one in, uh, I believe, it's Seattle, but... Uh, that's still yet to be determined. The Seattle uh, thing can't be happening, right? There's no I mean, way. I think so. They're going to announce at SummerSlam. By the way, guys, three weeks from tonight in Seattle, we're doing a show. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that's quick by the WWE standard. I think what's, what's yeah. the shortest term they've ever thrown together pay-per-view? I want to say like five or six weeks. Usually as far as announcements go. But, I mean, yeah. we, we've seen a brand have a pay-per-view right after a big event, you know, two, three, four weeks. So I wouldn't put it past them to do that, but ticket sales are not exactly going to be jumping. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, after that, 
backstage segment between Tamina and Lana, I still don't know what's going on there. Um, Tamina's the new Rusev. Yeah, <laughs> female Rusev. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, look, they could do something with it. I, I felt like last night, it's actually funny that they showed them last night considering who we didn't see last night, right? No sign of Sami Zayn. No sign of the Canellis, the Canelli. Um, <laughs> like they did the fashion files last night, and we'll talk about that in a few moments. But uh, they even teased there that oh hey, that's coming back in two weeks. They're really clearing the plate, clearing the table for everything that's not SummerSlam. Right, and on an episode like this, that's exactly what they should do. I mean, they, yeah. they don't really need filler. They need to hammer home the points that they want to get across uh to prepare for sunday there there wasn't any need for filler and with this only being two hours you didn't get like a odd tag team match like you might get on raw you, you know i could see tamina and lana having something to do with the cash in also in addition to ellsworth i could see them doing kind of a re-jiggered uh welcoming committee type concept but with uh mm -hmm. lana tamina and carmella and james ellsworth uh maybe cost in natalia and naomi the championship at the expense of Carmella. Um, I would like to say, uh, yeah. if, uh, listen, Lana, if you're, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't work out with Tamina, I'm available. You can manage me anytime. Absolutely. The Denton I'm, Destroyer, I'm by the way. Yes, yes yeah. I'm free. I'm free. Um, speaking of backstage segments, though, Shades of Talking Smack last night. Oh, that was great. With SmackDown General Manager Daniel Bryan and the Usos backstage. Sweet Beats was in full effect, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Are we getting a Raw Talk or a Talking Smack after Sunday? Um, since it's a co-branded pay-per-view, I've not seen one advertised, but I, I could probably go look it up on the network listing. I'm not sure. That'd be about the only place I, I would be able to find it, probably. Oh, I'd love because to see they, I mean, what, what are they, they going to do with it, though? I mean, that's a huge card, and like... Yeah. That show would have to be an hour and a half long just to get everybody on. Yeah, it's true. Um, so also in the build last night, Rusev versus Chad Gable, uh, building further up for Rusev and Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Um, what have you thought of this, Michael, in terms of uh, what they're doing with Gable right now? I love Chad Gable. I think Chad Gable should have been Kurt Angle's uh, uh, stepson or half-son or whatever. They missed the boat on that one. Chad Gable should be on SummerSlam. It should be Chad Gable and Rusev on SummerSlam, yeah. not Randy Orton. Um, Chad Gable is the man. I love his, his the way his, his promo work. I love his work in the ring. Uh, last night, he, I mean, his best squash match, uh, match last night just to get Randy Orton in the ring. Um, but I love Chad Gable. I'm a big fan of USA, Chad Gable. <laughs> the Patriot on the program today, guys, yeah. apparently. Um, anyways, but no, Gable, all right, we see this a lot of times with baby faces that get over organically, right? We, we see the underdog type of mentality in Gable. Everybody wants to cheer him. So let's let the big super heel that he got close to beating last time completely squash him the next time out because yeah. it's going to get massive heat, but it kind of didn't. Um, but Gable got a nice reaction on uh, his intro last night, which I thought was really nice to see. But uh, the RKO out of nowhere was, you know, good camera work there, which was really good. It was literally out of nowhere to the television viewer. Those um, are the best and, RKOs when they're literally out of nowhere. Yep. So um, nice to nice to see Randy get his trademark. So it's 1-1. 
in surprise finishers going into SummerSlam. Rusev got the kick last week. Randy got the RKO this week, the rubber match at um, SummerSlam. So who do you guys have maybe leaning toward uh, on, on this match? I don't, I don't, Orton. Yeah, go for yeah. it. I don't think think there's no question. It's it's Randy Orton. I mean, he come yeah. off three pay-per-view losses with to gender. Um, he did get a win, was it last week on, on SmackDown? Uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago, yeah. Yep. And uh, I feel bad for Rusev. I mean, he come back off injury, had to fight John Cena at Battleground in the flag match, lost that. Um, and I don't see Randy Orton losing another pay-per-view match, uh, not four in a row. No. Yeah. It's a shame Rusev, uh, Rusev could use a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, before we uh, continue on talking about SmackDown Live, I want to take a moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, which is Diamond Dallas Page and his UK tour and DDPY, DDP Yoga. So you've heard us talk about it. WWE Hall of Famer Diamond Dallas Page is celebrating his Hall of Fame induction with the DDP UK tour in September. This is going to be an inspirational Q&A and conversation with DDP, and it's happening in Glasgow, Manchester, Birmingham, London. If you saw Dallas's WWE Hall of Fame speech, you know that he can tell some inspiring stories. You're also going to get the opportunity firsthand to experience DDP Yoga at the DDP Yoga workshops in Harrogate, Glasgow, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, and London. Go to ddpuktour.com to reserve your spot and find out all the details. And if he's not going to be near you anytime soon, then get yourself the DDP Yoga Now app which is used by the likes of Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, and tons of other WWE stars who love using DDP Yoga. We've talked about it before, uh, Gold Dust. you know? I mean, man, talk, look, look at where he was at weight-wise a few years ago. Look where he's at now. He credits turning his health, turning his life around to DDPY and DDP Yoga. So the DDP Yoga Now app has everything, including over 150 workouts, including live DDPY workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center. And it's got great cooking shows that will teach you how to make healthy food taste amazing. Also got motivational messages from Diamond Dallas Page himself. And right now you can get the app and the DVDs for 20% off. Take advantage of the summer sale on the DDP Yoga program by going to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc and using the promo code summer17 at checkout. That's ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc and use the promo code summer17. That's summer17. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Um, Back to SmackDown last night. Interesting segment with AJ Styles, Shane McMahon, and Kevin Owens. So the setup here is that AJ wanted to apologize for accidentally kicking Shane in the face since uh, Shane is going to be refereeing the match at SummerSlam. And basically, we had this apology last night. Kevin Owens comes out, tries to to kiss a little ass, and then ends up accidentally kicking Shane in the face. (laughs) Um, oh, how the tables have turned. What a wacky wrestling promotion. Um, what do you think this is telegraphing, Chris, about what we're going to see on Sunday? Um, I think it ends up with Shane versus Owens in Hell in a Cell um, at, at that one. So, But this is what I like about this program. It's not been flashy. Um, the s- storytelling has been very simple. But I like that none of the three guys can trust each other at all. Yeah. Um, and you, Shane kind of has disdain for both guys right now. So he could pull a, you know, a fast one on somebody and they've teased the whole referee screw job again with this whole angle. But I like the simple storytelling and the whole trust issues with all three of them, rather than one leaning to the other side, which makes it a lot more obvious to me sometimes. 
it makes me feel like it's a little more up in the air with this one. What do you predict, Michael? Uh, listen, last night, Shane McMahon had a great line when he said, you don't put your hand on a McMahon without paying a price. Uh, <laughs> that was old school Vince McMahon, Austin era, Austin versus McMahon stuff. Uh, here's what I see for, for SummerSlam. Shane McMahon's going to take a bump in the, in, the, in the middle of the match. Um, he's going to cost. He's going to cost Kevin Owens the match. Um, Shane McMahon's going to wobble around like Weekend at Bernie's type deal. Um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, AJ's winning, and and I think Chris is correct at Hell in a Cell. We see we may see Shane jump off the top of the Hell in a Cell once again. It could happen. So last night, the New Day versus the Usos. The Usos picking up a win. Now, Chris, what does that mean based on how Raj predicts things? Uh, that would be New Day retains. <laughs> Which, oh, that's, this is the problem with putting the belts on the New Day, is the belts stay on the New Day forever. And it just becomes silly after a while. Because anyone they face, you just don't think, you know, they need to lose. They need to lose now and again to keep it credible. Or else, why even have these matches? Just have them come out and do comedy stuff. Right. Um, and, and here's my thing about this match is, with the whole Freebird rule, they went ahead and announced which duo was going to be um, on SummerSlam. So they changed it up. They put Kofi in the match tonight. Kofi takes the pin. So does that really have any bearing on what happened Sunday? No. But it does get the Usos another win, um, and it makes them look like a potential challenger. But to me, just having Kofi eat the pin is just a placeholder because he's not even going to be in the match on Sunday. So it, it was them giving it away without giving it away. How good have the Usos been the past months? Amazing. I, I, love, love, I love the, the attitude. I love their aggression. The, the heel Usos, man, I love everything that they're doing um, now on SmackDown. I love it. Yeah. But, why, but that's the thing. It's like, why keep them in this feud if they're just ultimately going to lose to the New Day each time? Um, put them with the, the fashion, please, again. I know, seriously. Yeah, I, I mean, I, they, they were just there, though, weren't they? I mean, for a short, yeah, for a short feud, but there's just such a tag team uh, lack on on all rosters because now we're seeing, you know, Seth and and Dean on Raw get together because just the tag roster is so thin right now. Yeah, there's there's really nobody else on SmackDown because they split up American Alpha. Yeah, Um, the the Ascension makes their their cameos on the, the the Fashion Files. Uh, there's nobody. There's nobody there. Those are clearly the top two teams on SmackDown by far, uh, with the Usos and New Day. And backstage, the hype bros just weep and comfort one another. <laughs> um, they, can, they can stay there. How is it, man, when the Ascension is on TV every week, but but the, but the hype bros can't get on TV? Because the week. Ascension are comedic geniuses, apparently. Well, that's true. That's true. So speaking of which. We got the Fashion Peaks. They Man, they just keep going back to the well on this. So they did the first Twin Peaks parody. Kyle MacLachlan was tweeting it out. He was getting tons of press coverage. They did it again last week. And they're like, you know what? Let's, let's milk this one more time. And uh, did it again last night. Some great jokes about you know them making it up as they go along. Um, the Ascension got some nice uh, comedic beats in there. But we did get a clue. And that's uh, two, the number two in B. Or not to be. Or not to be. Um, I'm seeing speculation online. There's like two Bs. Well, the Bollywood boys. Some people are saying Brooklyn, Brooklyn. It could be crime time. Um, yeah. I, I, how are they? Are they? When are they going to pay this off? And how, how could they pay this off in a satisfying way? Michael, what do you think is the best outcome of this? 
Well, I thought they were going to pay it off back at, at Battleground. Uh, yeah. And, and then that's when Fandango got uh, abducted <laughs> and being probed, of course. Yeah. Um, oh, the pay, I don't know. Unless the, the killer bees are coming back from the 80s, that's the, oh, only, that's the only plus I see out of this thing. Other than that, I have no clue what their plan is. I don't see crime time coming back. Yeah. Um, I don't know, bro. I have no idea. JTG's be, probably still collecting a check somewhere. Yes, yes. I'll be watching, though. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised they're not doing a skit at SummerSlam. Because if you think about it, it's great to put on when they're tr- transitioning something. Yep. Uh, you know, maybe if they, maybe, maybe they want to bring back the purple ropes for the Cruiserweight match at SummerSlam. What better thing to do than put the fashion files on during that when they have the big audience. But uh, we'll see. We'll see where they go with this, but it's nice to know that, uh, you know, they're teasing the return in two weeks. Interesting that it won't be uh, even next week. In 25 years, actually. Yes. In two yeah. weeks. So two now, was that was that a clue uh, to what show that they're going to next, maybe? And 25 years thing? Who knows? Oh, 25 years thing is a Twin Peaks clue. That's me not knowing Twin Peaks. Okay. The reason why Twin Peaks came back now is because in the original series, there was this weird dream sequence with this I'll see you in 25 years line. That's the entire uh, reason why it came back story-wise. Okay, okay. But, but that graphic because, yeah, you know, Fashion Files will return and then people popped. And then it said, in 25 years, and then they're like, boo, and then in two weeks, and like, oh, yay. I mean, it was a beautiful stringing of emotions with us and the live crowd. I thought with that last graphic. My um, vote for the next show is Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, I want to see them. Yeah, go undercover, perhaps as wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, so the main event last night: Jinder Mahal versus John Cena. You know, they 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 made it work, man. I think this could have been maybe not a SummerSlam match but this could have been a solid main event at a b pay-per-view at a smackdown pay-per-view um i thought it was good last night michael what'd you think of the match uh, i thought the match was good uh, i was a little upset that the w wwe champion didn't even get a full entrance on tv well uh, he got that he, opening segment he did yeah. you're right you're good call uh i think that uh gender kicking out of the aa does more for him um, that him winning the match or walking out with the with the belt last night i think that helped him out more than more than anything else yeah, Chris. Yeah, and he never got pinned because we went for the super AA, which I thought was a nice touch. So Cena, obviously, making this guy uh, look strong because he has to go for the super AA to get him get the job done, and then he still couldn't because you know that's when Corbin popped in. But as far as Cena Mahal matches go, I thought this was really solid, and Vince was having some sort of. Um, fantasy land dream in the back when they started with a test of strength <laughs> and two big guys like an elongated test of strength uh, to start a main event match. I'm like, what year is this? I was, I was watching, it was a nice change up though. I was watching last night with my wife and she is not a big wrestling fan. She, she handles it just cause we, we live together basically. Uh, and they started out in the test of strength. And I said, Callie, I love this is old school wrestling. This is my kind of stuff. She said, Michael, what are they doing? I said, basically, they're, they're playing Mercy is what they're doing. They're playing a 1980s game of Mercy is what they're doing. Oh, man. This is, it's good when they start a match basically with a rest spot. You know? Yes. Yeah, that's very old school. Um, so last night at the end of the match, Baron Corbin comes down, 
knocking people with the briefcase. Is he going to cash in? Oh, he's not going to cash in. He's walking back. And then, you know what? To hell with it. I'm cashing in. Runs in, uh, restarts the match. Interesting how it took a little while. You know, the ref was making sure Jinder was, was good to go. And then uh, it looked like Corbin was going to be the champ, but Cena distracts him, and bam, Corbin uh, eats the pin from Jinder. So I've seen some speculation online, people talking about, you know, was were somebody's feet under the ropes when this happened, uh, you know, trying to speculate that there could be a way to, to redo this. But it very well could be exactly what we saw that this just further builds the heat on uh, Corbin and Cena, giving Corbin more of a motive now to go over Cena Sunday at SummerSlam. So, Chris, what did you think of this cash-in? Okay, a couple layered thoughts here. We can we can spend a couple of minutes on this, guys, I sure, think. Um, Corbin was made to look like a complete doofus. Yes. Um, and... That does him no favors as a character, but it does get him riled up and ticked off for that match on Sunday with Cena. So, again, I get what they're doing. Um, as far as the segment in and of itself, as far as it being laid out, I loved it because Corbin was leaving and we're all wondering, uh, hey, bud, the champ's down. What the heck are you doing? And then he looks at the briefcase and like, ah, they, they, they swerved us a little bit. Then he cashes in. But then since he hesitated, I'm like, he's not going to get it. Since he hesitated, I'm like, there's something's going to happen. Cena's going to pop back up. So I kind of saw what was coming a little bit. Not exactly how it happened. I wasn't seeing a roll-up. Um, but the outcome did not do any favors, like I said, for Corbin. Cena has been involved in every, I think, every unsuccessful cash-in that there has ever <laughs> been. Yeah. Um, ironically enough. Um, but Mahal gets the, the old schoolboy roll up one, two, three, and they almost kind of botched that because Corbin's shoulder was up at 3.1. Um, and, and I don't know if that was by design or if they slipped or whatever the case was, but once I saw Corbin hesitate, I'm like, he's not getting it, but the segment was nicely laid out. It, it gave us a roller coaster of emotion, but as a character, it just did no favors whatsoever. Yeah. What do you think, Michael? Was this a, a satisfying cash in for you? Uh, I boys, I'm here to keep kayfabe alive, and I've got a <laughs> I got a gripe with Mike Kyoto. And here here's my problem, Mike. Um, is this during the match during the the Cena uh, Mahal match? You threw out the Singh brothers for their interference in the middle of the match, right? You told mm. them to, to leave leave ringside. Now, when the cash in started, the other match, the Cena Mahal match, had ended disqualification. The cash-in started. John Cena jumps up onto the, the ring apron and takes a punch from Baron Corbin. Then he gets rolled up by Mahal. Um, Corbin gets rolled up by Mahal. Here's my problem. Mike Kyoto should have never had counted that three-fall, that three-count, because of Cena's interference on the apron. If he's going to kick the Singh brothers out, he shouldn't count that because of Cena's interference on the apron. Yeah. But other than that... Yeah. Other than that, I, listen, it was a sloppy roll-up. They had to do something. <laughs> Interesting point, though. I mean, and I never really thought of that that way, but a lot of people, too, were complaining that Kyoto should have never let Mahal get up. Um, but there's only been a couple of instances in a cash-in to where the bell is rang while the champ was down. Um, I think Daniel Bryan and Big Show – and then I think Orton over Daniel Bryan with Triple H as referee. 
um, which you can see as a heel Triple H referee, he's going to allow that. Um, and then was was Daniel Bryan heel or face when he got Big Show? I can't remember. Um, but those are special circumstances when the other you know dozen times that a, a Money in the Bank has been cashed in, it's it's happened where the referee allows the champion to get his bearings and then the match restarts with both guys in a decent state. So people that were saying, oh, they just should have rang the bell. They should have had no chance for Cena to get in the match. Um, even though Cena wasn't necessarily an instigator, which is why I maybe slightly disagree with the, the whole Singh brothers thing because they were caught red handed essentially. Um, and Cena was just there and Corbin, I think was more worried about Cena rather than Cena actually doing the interfering. He was just trying to get all of his roadblocks out of the way. And that was to his own detriment, which again, makes him look like an idiot. But here's but. where the, the gap in logic and kayfabe is. Cena is facing Baron Corbin Sunday at SummerSlam. You're Should, gonna make my next point, aren't you? Yes. Shouldn't <laughs> Cena want Baron Corbin yes. to win the belt so Cena yes. can take it off him on Sunday? Absolutely. Gosh, yeah. man. Because, I mean, obviously, they're not going to do another Cena title with Ric Flair in the hospital. Um, they're not going to give him the 17th title. Actually, actually oh, that no. oh, might no. have something to do with a change of plans in the outcome of that match last night. I mean, now that I think about it, it could have gone the other way where Corbin could have. Because what better thing to do as a go-home moment going into SummerSlam than have a brand-new champ you know, that would have built huge momentum. But, yeah, with Flair in the hospital, oh, they're not. No. Cena's not breaking that record. And I would have had a big old told you so from last <laughs> week when I called it. And y'all were telling me, oh, no chance, no chance. Corbin's not going to cash in before SummerSlam. And I'm like, mm, okay. I mean, I, I already I had the my, same night. Your theory was going to happen during SummerSlam. When I said Corbin the Corbin-Cena match would be for the title in some yeah. form. Uh-huh. Now, I already had it typed out, told you so, before he got pinned. I'm like, dang it. I think, and, then, uh, and then that happened. I think for, for SummerSlam, though, with this failed cash-in, it kind of amps up the Cena-Corbin uh, feud. It kind of gives, gives Corbin something to be upset about that Cena calls to him his, his cash-in. It makes it a little more personal. And if the WWE would have given John Cena his 17th world championship while my main man, Ric Flair, is laid up in the hospital, here in Charlotte, North Carolina, I would have burned this state down. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, no, it, it was it was an interesting decision, but I think Corbin has to win at SummerSlam now, and I hope it's in semi-short fashion, like m- maybe even Lesnar killing uh, Cena at SummerSlam a few years ago. Like it has to be where Corbin is just like insanely ticked, and and this adds another dimension to his character. I have a feeling that Cena's transition to Raw is going to play heavily into both post-SummerSlam shows next week, which is why we're not seeing the Fashion Police yet. Um, Maybe Cena shows up on Raw Monday, has some sort of rematch with Corbin Tuesday night with the stipulation that he's off SmackDown if he loses, and that's Mm -hmm. the centerpiece of next Tuesday's show to get hmm. Cena back onto Raw, if, if that indeed is still the plan. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you could go with that. Um, so, yeah, nice uh, little insight there. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to the match. So, that being said, man, let's talk about the SummerSlam card. 
Well, let's do it. You want to just do the uh, SmackDown side tonight? Since yeah. We went a little more over the we uh, talked Raw about Raw. On Monday. So for everyone you know this, Sunday night, immediately after SummerSlam, myself, Matt Morgan, Raj Geary, we're going to be on here uh, dissecting what happened. Hopefully it will be a satisfactory SummerSlam. It's going to be a long one. I do know that. Yeah, guys, you got to watch live on YouTube on Sunday or at least check out the video because if you've never seen how Raj Geary looks at the end of SummerSlam weekend and, and WrestleMania weekend, if you think you know what a tired, broken man looks like, you need to see Raj at the very end. In his, in his defense, he's coming back from a vacation, so he should he should be okay. He should be rested, but he's got TakeOver, all the stuff with the Ric Flair's happening. Look what's happening SummerSlam week. I don't know if you've seen what they're doing, So, and I actually love this, by the way. Compared to previous years, it looks like they're not doing access this year at SummerSlam, or are they? Because I saw the... I've not heard a ton about it as far as advertising, that kind of thing. Looks like the guys and the girls are more or less just doing media tours up in the Northeast more so than all over New York, mm -hmm. all over the boroughs. I mean, it's actually a really cool idea. I sure. mean, I love WrestleMania. I love access. I love that it's all one. It's like Comic-Con for wrestling, but I love that when I looked at this appearance schedule, that they're having superstars do appearances all over New York and really creating this, this feel that SummerSlam and the WWE, it's, it's a full week long event. And I think that that's absolutely fantastic. Yep. And it was announced that they're coming back to the Barclays again next year for a fourth year in a row. I'm sorry for you West Coasters, <clears throat> Glenn. Um, yeah, although I see, but it's weird though because you think about it as a vacation, man. I mean, it's like WrestleMania. If you have WrestleMania in the right city, WrestleMania is an awesome vacation. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, New York, New York is fantastic as is. I mean, Brooklyn is amazing. So Brooklyn in August that's like the deal breaker for me is that it's like if there's any time i do not want to go to a place that's all concrete and you know very mm. little wind um yeah august not the best time no no all right so summer slam on the smackdown side first match on the lower end of the card rusev versus randy orton we kind of touched on this earlier give me randy orton in pretty elementary fashion probably not going to be a great match I hope Chad Gable maybe makes a save of some sort if needed or makes some sort of an appearance just to sort of get his uh, steam back against Rusev for the attack. But uh, Randy Orton, pretty clean, probably is is the outcome. Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. Do you guys think Randy Orton has had a, a rough 2017? Like I, I just don't think anything he's done this year stood out above the rest. Um, I, I like Randy Orton. He's been really good for a long time. Um, but his feud with Bray, I wasn't really into any of that stuff when he was a champion. I wasn't a big fan. And then him losing three straight to gender. I think he's had a rough 2017. He's I had a rough five years, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> like, he's, just, he's just been bland to me. Like he, He's really made little to no effort besides the Wyatt stuff with the whole burning down the compound and, and, and whatnot. He's really made little to no effort to add to his character. He's just sort of paint by numbers and heel Randy and face Randy is more or less the same guy wrestling. Right. Um, and just, he changes his mannerisms ever so slightly. That's about it. There's just something about him that if it were anyone else, right? So let's say uh, Sammy Zayn had the year that Randy Orton had had, you'd be like, Oh my God, poor Sammy Zayn. You know, he's out there trying to make the best of it. There's something about Randy where it's just like, Randy just assumes, seems like he doesn't care. Randy's like, yeah, right. okay, I'll do whatever. I'll show up. You know, you want me to do this? Okay, fine. You know, he's as long, just sort as, the, of, long as the check goes through. Yeah. Uh, 
he just has this this attitude about him that he's going through the motions. You know, if, if Sami Zayn would have had the year Randy Orton had, he would be back under a mask at some gym, jumping off <laughs> a, a, a top rope, giving an elbow onto a, a, a concrete floor. You wouldn't see happened, him on man. TV. It could have happened. I could very well in an alternate universe see a main event feud where it was just uh, Jinder Mahal just burying Sami Zayn week after week, pay per view after pay per view. All right, let's see. Next matchup, uh, John Cena versus Baron Corbin. We just talked a little bit about that. Give me Baron Corbin, hopefully in convincing fashion. But like you said, Glenn, if they want to give him the win back to send Cena to Raw on Tuesday, they might have John Cena get the win in a big match. It's really a question, and this kind of covers you know, the New Day versus the Usos also. Who are they booking this for in trying to create the SummerSlam moments? Is mm-hmm. this is SummerSlam more of a of, of a smart event or is it more of a mainstream event? Because if it's about the internet wrestling community and the hardcore fans, you give Corbin the win and you build that up. But if you're trying to please the kids and the people that are casuals that barely pay attention to the programming, John Cena at SummerSlam, man. I mean, that's he'll go on the Today Show the next day. You know, it's uh, it's it's feel good times for everyone. Same thing with the New Day. I mean, that's. That's, that turns it into a moment. If the Usos win, that's not a moment. That's something's that's cool for a lot of us, but yeah. it's not going to get the mainstream attention. Uh, keep, keep in mind, uh, John Cena has a six-year SummerSlam losing streak. True. He, he has not won since he, he beat Nexus um, years ago, six years ago. So, I listen, I see John Cena winning. I see, there's no chance Barry Corbin's walking out of here victorious it's just it's the, the Cena curse man he, he's coming back he's breaking the six-year <laughs> losing streak uh John Cena walks out of Brooklyn uh with a W and um Glenn I know you and I have talked about self-aware John Cena lately mm. um same thing last night the the young lady was so sweet to flip him off on the <laughs> camera shot and then he absolutely owned her on Twitter today which I thought was fan fantastic um so self-aware cena makes another appearance and i guess we can talk about this match guys since it was just made official on 205 live last night um the cruiserweight championship was officially announced for the kickoff show akira tozawa your new champion versus neville um who was a little disheveled last night a little disheveled neville you might say looking disheveled on the neville level yes uh, he, he was not down a couple levels hmm yeah, um, I think uh, it would be weird to hot potato it right back to Neville, wouldn't it? Yes, but if you want to sort of make this whole new disheveled guy your next psychotic character heel champion, I don't put it past them because they waste the title change on a weekly show just to put it back on Neville on a bigger show, which I, I don't put that past them whatsoever. Would I love to see Tozawa retain in a nice little 10-minute match? Yes, that's what I would want to see, but I would not put it past them to put put Neville over once again. It would be would be odd for them to hot potato the title, and that is exactly why I believe they will do it. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with Chris, man. I can see Neville walking out with the with the belt for him to lose on Monday and then come back to win on on Sunday. I'm just glad they're on they're on the I mean they might be on the pre-show. I'm glad they're on the pay-per-view. I thought with giving that match away Monday that this was gonna uh make all the predictions come true about, you know, uh the cruiserweights being off raw around SummerSlam. Because not having something on the pay-per-view would be uh, deadly for them. But 
I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, regardless of the outcome, I'm just glad they got a match on the card. Absolutely. Um, tag team titles, New Day versus the Usos. New Day are your current champions. Um, New Day, to me, retains, and I hope Kofi, who took the pin on Tuesday, is somehow maybe involved, and New Day retains via some precarious means, just to give them a little, you know, we'll do whatever it takes to, uh, kind of like the Usos do. So uh, I kind of hope that happens, but I see New Day retaining either way. I'm pulling for pulling for the Usos. Uh, however, I don't I don't see New Day losing. Um, yeah, I, I think Glenn, like you said earlier, the, the problem with them being the champion is that they're always the champion. Uh, there's no chase. There's no get back at you. There's no got to get it back. Um, these Jokers win the belt and they hold it for 100, 200, 300, 400 days. So I see New Day continuing to be the uh, SmackDown champion. Yeah. All right, Glenn. Uh, you, did, you, did you have a prediction there? Do we it's, move it's, new, it's new day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. U.S. Championship. AJ Styles, your current champion, versus Kevin Owens with Shane McMahon as your special guest referee. What do y'all see happen? I'd like it to be Kevin Owens again, but on the condition that that face of America crap is over. Like, and I think that you know he dropped that, so let's just hope that stays dead. I kind of liked it, honestly, where he walked around his face and like just the little things. I, I'm I'm a sucker for subtleties and just the little subtleties that he did with that character. I thought were cool, uh, but no, I, I kind of agree that um, Kevin Owens needed to drop that to just sort of get back to the badass type of Kevin Owens that we saw before. Um, but AJ Styles to me keeps the title, and we see a little Kevin Owens Shane McMahon action at the next SmackDown pay-per-view. See, I think AJ needs to graduate up to uh, the main event picture on this. That's why mm. I think Owens needs the belt. And we need, we need because we need a mid-card title again. We need mm-hmm. to give uh, guys like Sammy, we need to give, uh, you know, Ty Dillinger. We need to have some more mid-card action going on. So it's, yep. they need to flesh that out a bit better. And I think that that's the best way to do it. Get the belt yeah. back on KO. Yeah, I'm hoping this is the final chapter of this feud, even though I thought it was a good one. From start to finish, Jern, what do you think, boys? I will never, ever, ever in my life pick or predict a Canadian to win the United States championship. <laughs> uh, give me AJ all day long. All right, good stuff, good stuff. All right, so SmackDown Women's Title: Naomi, your champion, versus Challenger Natalia, and the always looming Carmella. Natalia then Carmella, man. I think same night, make it happen. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Um, I don't know that that's the best plan, but I, I see it happening. Carmela's had the, the uh, briefcase for several months now. She teased a couple times. Uh, Ellsworth will play a role in this deal, uh, but I can see Carmela walking out of Brooklyn with the belt. Yeah. I'm changing my opinion just to be devil's advocate. It would make little to no sense to have Carmela cash in on a heel um, in Natalia. So to her, for her to cash in on Naomi – I think it's a decent competitive match. Naomi gets the win and then immediately loses to Carmella. The problem with Naomi, and Naomi is is good in the ring. Um, she's got a lot of flash. She's got an amazing entrance. She's incredibly likable. But as champ, she hasn't done anything. I mean, mm-hmm. she has. it hasn't raised her game. I think, again, she's always been super likable on the mic. People... You know, the You Deserve a Chance. I mean, she was in the company. The championship run has been good, but she doesn't really have a character. She doesn't really have 
that gravitas as it were. And, well, um, WWE yeah, does that to all their champions though. <clears throat> Excuse me. Once they win, they pretty much forget about them and then they lose to their eventual challengers. Um, they, to me, whenever you crown somebody, a lot of times they don't follow up. They think them winning the championship is the pinnacle. And to me, they should keep building that character or building some dominance if that's the way you want to book them. Um, even though she hasn't really defended the title very often, um, she hasn't been given a lot of chances to grow as a character either. So, But I felt like ever since they brought Charlotte over to SmackDown, having Naomi as the champ just seemed ridiculous. When... That like every time Charlotte comes on camera, the way the announcers talk about it, it's like there's a glow. It's like the oh, just you know the angel light comes down. Did you, did you really make a glow reference yeah. to Charlotte yeah. and not exactly. Naomi? No, but it but it's like come that. On. It's it's like that's what's practically what's happening every time Charlotte is on screen on SmackDown, and the way they talk about her is that it, it just doesn't make sense in kayfabe that Naomi's the champ when Charlotte is the one they treat, you know, it's so athletic, so gifted. Uh, you know, I talk about everything she did on Raw. It just doesn't make sense to have uh, anyone but her be the champ. So I think that if she's going to stay on SmackDown, this whole thing with Carmella is an elaborate way just to get the belt on Charlotte this fall. And that's completely fine. And then she'll probably hold on to it until Mania if they um, decide to do that. And as, as a baby face, I guess, unless she – turns on somebody like a Becky because you know there's going to be a Becky Charlotte program somewhere sure. uh, for that title. But uh, all right, so WWE Championship time, which is I think May with the entrances being kind of elaborate with these guys, may kick off the show. Um, Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And I think Mahal retains. Wow. Love for it to be Shinsuke, but uh, I don't know if they're ready to pull the trigger on that yet. mm I just I don't think they're comfortable with him yet. He's still working his way into the WWE style. I think Cena's match, um, and I think was it the week before or two weeks before he had a good match. Uh, can't remember who it was with, but he's finally coming out of his shell a little bit. He's not really phoning it in. He he's not softballing his kicks and his strikes. Uh, the last few weeks he's sort of come into his own, the style that we saw in NXT, which is still a style that was watered down compared to what we saw from him in Japan. Um, so. This is watered down Shinsuke Nakamura, but uh, it, it would be a neat moment to start off the pay-per-view, but I don't think they're ready to, to pull the trigger yet either. I think, I think the, the match you're, you're talking about a couple weeks ago was against Baron Corbin after the disqualification at Battleground. Yes, yes when he, yeah, that's right. he kneed that joker in the face several times. Uh, listen, boys, the, the gender experiment has to stop. It, it, <laughs> gender, is, gender is in a better place now than he was a year ago. Lord knows he's in a better place now than he was with, with three and B. Uh, gender, gender's in a better place. He's, the championship has helped him out. Um, however, it's time for that to stop. It is Shinsuke Nakamura's time in the WWE on SmackDown. Here's my long-term hope. He wins the championship this Sunday at SummerSlam. Somehow AJ wins the Rumble or gets into a program with Shinsuke, and that's your main event at WrestleMania 2018. <laughs> Um, that's my prayer to the good Lord in heaven. Um, that's my <laughs> prayer to Vince McMahon. Vince, make this happen. Do the right thing. Shinsuke leads Brooklyn with the gold around his waist. I just, I think that's going to further solidify with Cena going to Raw. I mean, basically, SmackDown is going to become NXT Plus 
you know, yeah. it'll be, I mean, for look for us, for the internet wrestling community, I'm okay that'll with be that. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that too. But, but the, within the WWE, I think it's just going to really be a disparity. I mean, they're already, you know, SmackDown's going to get less pay-per-views. I don't know. I think that it's uh, taking things down a notch if if that's the route they go. Because at least with the gender, like you were saying earlier, it's very 80s, it's very old school. But the problem with that is they can only put them against Orton or Cena to do mm-hmm. those type of feuds. Yeah. Because we, we don't have the big American baby face. Um, I mean, AJ... Kind AJ in theory could be, but he's not going to be the draw that uh, that Randy or Cena would be. Very true. Um, and since Michael wasn't here on Monday, I just want to get his thoughts on the Big Hoss Battle main event of SummerSlam, the Fatal Four Way on the Raw side for the Universal Championship. Brock Lesnar, your current champion, versus Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, and Braun Strowman. What What do you think, Jern? Uh, I would love to see Joe leave with the belt. I don't think it's happening. I'm afraid the WWE has kind of tipped their hand with uh, the comment by Heyman that uh, if Brock loses, he's leaving the WWE. I think they were trying to play it off the the MMA, John Jones thing. Um, But I think Brock's winning, man. I I think it's all a big ruse to make us think that Brock's not winning, uh, that somebody else is going to get pinned. Um, You know, Reigns is going to pin Joe or Strowman's going to pin Reigns or somebody. But I think Brock's Brock's leaving with the belt. But it yeah. should be it should be a good match. I, I expect this thing to be be a knockdown drag out. I wish they would somebody would bleed. I want to see somebody with a chain, uh, <laughs> some brass knuckles, something. I need something to 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 kind of beat this thing up. So the big question is with all these uh, title matches, who is on the Today Show on Monday? I'm thinking. The New Day, and if Sasha wins, I'm thinking they send the New Day and Sasha because they don't have anyone else that – not that they're liking faces, but they don't have anyone else that people will will know who they are, you know, um, enough to, to go on the Today Show and rep the company. That's true, and a lot of times WWE hates to do a lot of title changes on a big pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know why that is, but it seems like on WrestleManias or SummerSlams – uh, there's just not a lot of title changes on, on the bigger ones, especially um, they seem to go very heel heavy on pay-per-views, big pay-per-views as well, just to to get that heat for the next night, for the for the week following on, on free TV to boost those ratings. Um, but it, so why again, that sort of defeats it on purpose. Why would you have a bunch of heels win if you need some representation on the morning shows and on the ESPN? But um, uh, it'd be interesting to see who they throw out there next week on, on the media circuits. Yeah. I would go with Lana boys, put Lana on TV as much as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Just drop the Russian accent already for God's sake. I don't mind it. Anyways. I kind of like it. Is she coming back for pitch perfect three? I know she was in the first. Wait, is, is, is there a three? There's, there's going to be a three. Oh dear. Yeah. Okay. I don't I know why I didn't see the first, didn't see the first. Two. No, me either. Oh man. I, I go to a lot of movies. Um and come on, it's about an acapella group. Acapella groups battling each other. It's great, good time. Actually, I didn't even realize Lana was in it until I was looking at her IMDb <laughs> page, and I was like, Lana was in Pitch Perfect, and I was like, Oh, Lana had like a real career. Why? Why did she start wrestling? That's a fair point, but she's not yeah. doing so bad for herself, I guess. No, absolutely. I just, I just filled out my to do list for the rest of the day, boys. Watch Pitch Perfect. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
What was the one she was in? Uh, was she in the one with Edge or the one with Ziggler? One of the WWE movies. But it was like, it was her in a room. Like they shot all of her scenes on the same day and it's her sitting in a room at a computer, like on the phone, you know? You was... don't remember, but it's definitely one of the two because I remember seeing something of, of, of that nature, but don't recall exactly which one it was. Yeah, the the Edge one uh, had an absolutely uh, crazy ending and I recommend it for that reason alone. So let's talk about NXT TakeOver Saturday night on the WWE Network. Absolutely. Final viewing party tonight at 8 p.m. if you guys want to hang out with me. Uh, but the card, I mean, again, it's, it's my gig to follow this every week. This is the first takeover that I'm not ridiculously excited about because you have a very WWE-style main event for the NXT title. Um, the tag team championship really does nothing for me. The women's championship should be awesome. And then the undercard, I think, is going to be better than the, the main events. But all right, so from, from bottom to the top here, Johnny Gargano uh, says – you know, Brooklyn's where they got their big shot, and he wanted to be on the card again in Brooklyn. So he's taking on Andre Andrade C and Almas. Um, Almas tends to lose on every single um, takeover, and Gargano, as a returning babyface, has to win here, in my opinion. I could see it. I would, I would, I would like to see Gargano win. However, I think, I think it's going to be a little bit of a chase here, where where Almas wins this one. And then three weeks on NXT TV, Gargano gets a gets a big win. Yeah, I mean, because almost has the former Thea Trinidad, which I think is now what Zelina Vega, I believe, is her NXT name. So she's sort of got him refocused. So we might see an almost win uh, to get a little heat on him, and like you said, further it into the the weekly NXTs yep. from here on yep. out. Uh, next one, and and Jern, you can attest to this because we went to the same live event. Alistair Black versus Hideo Itami. Um, this should be a hard-hitting barn burner um, if, if they let it be because Black is an absolute enigma of a superstar. Like This guy just feels different when he's coming down to the ring, when he's doing his work in the ring, when you're at a live event. Um, and Itami, at the event we were at, had a really good comedy-type match against the Velveteen Dream, you know, Patrick Clark. So uh, this should be a really good match. What do you guys think? Black. <laughs> Such analysis from Glenn Rubenstein. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I see Alistair Black winning. However, I don't want to see Hideo Tommy. I want to see Kenta from Japan, right? I want to see yeah. this Joker come in and just kick somebody's teeth down their throat. Uh, I want to see knee after knee after knee. One of these boys, their thighs are going to be going to be beat red by them slapping their legs or all these knee <laughs> shots they're going to get. Um, I, Alistair Black's undefeated. He's not losing this one. This is his, his is this his second taking over card, second or third? Oh, second, I believe. I think um, so, yeah. Because he debuted at the last one, I believe. Um, yeah. Or yeah, the there was it's a Chicago. second match. Yeah. So yeah. Atami has sort of this whole losing streak gimmick going anyway. So I think that continues for him. Um, yeah. Give me, give me Alistair Black, and um, NXT Tag Team Championship. The authors of Pain, your current champions, with Paul Ellering versus Sanity. But I'm not sure the combination of Sanity that we will get because Eric Young's been off television for a little bit. Came back last week, so you've got what Killian Dane, Alexander Wolf, and Eric Young as the possibilities there with the Freebird Rule. Um. 
you know, I think maybe they keep it on the authors of pain unless they're, they're getting promoted. That would be the only thing I can think of. Um, Sanity, not exactly a babyface faction. No. Um, so it's a heel versus a heel matchup, which is kind of interesting. But I think the people are going to get behind Sanity in this match just on name recognition alone with Eric Young and maybe even with your European fans, Killian Dane. Um, not so much Alexander Wolf because he's kind of more of a WWE homegrown project. But um, I still think Authors of Pain retain here. I uh, I'm, let me let me take the other side of the road, boys, just so we can have a have a disagreement here. Give me give me sanity. You got Eric Young coming back. He's been off TV for a couple weeks. Uh, he's coming back in town. Um, Arthur Japan have had the belts for several months now. Um, I, I don't I don't have any reason other than there's three against two. Paul Ellery counts as a half. Give me three against two and a half, <laughs> and uh, give me give me sanity. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Authors of Pain, I think the danger of Authors of Pain retain is that they start getting into that Asuka territory where they become unstoppable. And then who is the heir apparent? Who's going to take them down? You know, who's the baby the, uh, tag team? The Metro Brothers from NXT. I don't know if you watched that last week. No, no, no. Like, oh, God. It was a little jobber tag team that they brought in to face the Street Profits, another new babyface tag team, which really, I think, have unlimited potential. Those guys are entertaining as heck. But anyways, moving on to the NXT women's title, Asuka versus Ember Moon. Is this the day that Asuka, Asuka gets defeated? Hmm. If she's if she's coming up. But if she's coming up, the problem is, oh, man, I just think it's going to go so poorly if Asuka goes to Raw or SmackDown. I mean, but then again, what do they do? I mean, it's really killed the momentum. Think about how we used to talk about the NXT women's division. Mm -hmm. Look how it is now. I mean, I think that's the problem. You can't have an unbeatable opponent at the top of the heap. You know, it's just uh, it limits your booking possibilities. So I don't know. Maybe Ember Moon gets the yeah. win. Um, okay, so Ember Moon has faced Asuka before for the championship. Mm -hmm. But Ember really, I don't think, was ready at that point. As a character, um, still a little rusty on the microphone, a little unsure of herself on, on that end of the spectrum, but her in-ring work speaks for itself, right? Um, so this would make more sense now to have her be Asuka, but I don't think they have anybody behind Ember Moon as this big potential baby face to beat Asuka. I think maybe Asuka holds on to it until the winner um, of the Mae Young Classic gets to her. And maybe that's uh, a Kerry Sane um, mm. from from Japan with, you know, the big elbow drop. Um, so I think Japanese star versus Japanese star, big baby face versus this, you know, super heel in Asuka could be a, a great matchup. So I still think Ember comes up slightly short here. Chris, my man, you took the words out of my mouth. Asuka has to win. They can call her up. She can be the NXT champion and be on SmackDown or Raw. We've seen Kevin Owens do the same thing a few years ago. Um, let her hold on to that belt and uh, face the winner of the Mae Young Classic. Um, I'm hoping it's, it, it's Kyrie Sane as well, because I've seen her work in Japan, and, and she's in Lucha Underground for a quick moment. Um, yeah, I'm hoping we got two Japanese women. I don't know who I'd pull for. Um, mm. I'll, I'll be pulling for Charlotte, but, <laughs> you know, she's not there. So I don't know who I'd want to win. But – Asuka's got to win this because if she, if she loses this belt, you can get a return match at the next takeover 
Um, and then after that, you have you have Ember Moon and and who's left who's left at NXT for the for the women Until, on the babyface side, not not much. Right? And I think that's part of the issue. But um, oh, man, this is this is a toughie. But but everything that I've heard in the past is Oscar's not going to be a main roster talent. She's going to be an NXT lifer um, to keep that division relevant and and be the face of that division. So if they find another Oscar in this May Young Classic, then those plans may change. But I don't think there's any plans for her to go to the main roster anytime soon. I, I think that's – I'm not going to say a bad move, but I would love to see Oscar and Charlotte at a, at a, at a WrestleMania, um, at a SummerSlam, at a big, big match field, have these two top-notch female athlete wrestlers going, going head-to-head. All righty. So last but not least – your WWE-style NXT main event for the NXT Championship, Bobby Roode versus Drew McIntyre. Is it time to take the old strap off of Bobby Roode? Is this still Bobby Roode's NXT? What do you guys think? It hasn't been that long that Roode's been the champion. Um... It feels like forever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is why. This is why. And, and Michael and I talked about this briefly before before you hopped on, Glenn, is – Rude is, I'm not going to say past his time, but his character worked amazingly 20 years ago because he's this old school heel. He works a slower rate, WWE style, and he's fine for what he does, but he's just not the NXT crowd's cup of tea when it comes to, I think, what they want their champion to be. But I think that's part of the, the aura of having him as the champion that gets him heat because he doesn't. Uh, exactly do what they want him to do. Whereas Drew McIntyre reintroduced back to the company a couple of months ago has been undefeated since his return to NXT. Um, I don't know if they hot shot the title on him yet. I think maybe Rude gets another win and they have McIntyre chase for a little bit. For all the reasons that that you say Rude may be looking to, to, to drop the title. That's all the reasons that I love that Joker. I love the (laughs) 1980s heel I love this is my title. This is my show. I love all that. I love the 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 robe, the robe. I love his entrance. I love his the way he works, the old school feel to him. I love it all. Um, however, I don't think that Drew McIntyre is his time yet. He before he got into this feud, he was a little cold. Uh, he wasn't doing a whole much a whole lot on NXT TV. Um, so I say keep it on Rude for at least another couple of months. Uh, I don't know when the next takeover show is. If it's if it's November at Survivor Series. Um, then do something then, but Rude Rude keeps the title here uh, Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, have they been building McIntyre uh, weekly on NXT? I mean, from the stuff I've seen, I mean, been more the matches, but have they built him really with a story? Not really. I mean, it's kind of like a redemption type of story because they've played off him being the chosen one on his first run in WWE, mm-hmm. and now you know this is like his second chance that he's going to do it his way. That he's working hard now. He took everything for granted before. So that they've given him somewhat of a character, but really it's not a character that fits him because, you know, he's six foot five, 250 <laughs> pounds. He, he towers over everybody on the NXT roster for the most part, but yet they're painting him as this sort of sympathetic baby face so far. So the crowd's not really getting behind him like I thought that they would um, initially. I was hoping maybe they'd bring him back as this vicious heel that just comes up and kills everybody, but I mean, he still works that style in the ring. Don't get me wrong, but as a character, that's that's not where they're going with him right now. 
Remember, this is a company that has John Cena come out, flashes never give up towel, and then look okay. into the camera with okay. a straight face and say, never give up. I tell myself that every day. <laughs> oh, man. USA, but, baby. Uh, USA. <laughs> yep. But, all right, guys. So NXT, we will have full coverage on the website and on Twitter beginning at, I think, 7 p.m. Eastern awesome. on Saturday night. And – I'm looking maybe doing a post show. We'll see. I have to obviously get approval from Raj on that, but I'd love to do a post takeover show on Saturday, uh, but we'll see if that happens. We'll keep you guys up to date on that. Yeah, so, but Sunday, uh, Sunday night, the return of Matt Morgan, the return of Raj Geary. Top to bottom, the A-plus players, you don't see my sorry face on this video for at least another week. We'll miss you, Chris. I know. I'll, I love you guys. Sorry. <laughs> so until then folks uh michael where can people find your stuff on the interwebs what do you uh, listen like? you can look me up on twitter at the m jernigan uh on, on twitter and also i have a sports podcast called taking over with jern and jam i have a co-host his name's jam we have your top four sports stories of the week every week this past week we did a SummerSlam preview much like we did here today uh so look us up on facebook at taking over sports on facebook join our group there's all sorts of trash talking going on in this group uh, sports-wise. <laughs> so look us up, Taking Over Sports on Facebook. Nice, man. Chris, Knockdown underscore radio. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, you, you don't see it on the bottom third today. I went with everybody else. Uh, didn't have my little scripted name on the bottom. <laughs> but, yeah, Knockdown underscore radio. Again, hang out with me tonight for um, NXT and also on the Wrestling Inc. Twitter all weekend long for all of your SummerSlam activities from beginning to end. Uh, you know, before we go, just quickly, because people are asking in the chat a lot of times, do we think after the Mae Young Classic, the women's division is going to get deeper, uh, either on the rosters, uh, the main rosters or NXT? I sure hope so. Uh, you know, I, I know I floated this idea a week or two ago, saying I would love to see them do a women's only uh, pay-per-view and just really flesh out the roster. I think it's interesting that what was on the WWE fan feedback uh, council, somebody leaked the questions. And they were asking a lot of people, a lot of questions about glow on Netflix. If they watched it, if they liked it, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, with this women's evolution bit that they've been pushing so much, I think they need to put their money where their mouth is and really start devoting more storytelling time to that division and fleshing it out beyond, uh, you know, just who's uh, arguing over the belt or these godforsaken six women matches they've been doing on SmackDown. Yeah, for sure. And, and really, if you think about it, if they sign, like officially sign, maybe four, five, six women out of this 32-woman field, I think that would be a good number for them to send them to the PC, put a couple on NXT fairly weekly, the, the more popular ones from the tournament. And I think that's just the best case scenario for them because, again, it adds depth. It also sends a couple of their WWE projects back a couple steps. But uh, you, you can skip the line if you're a little better. Yeah, absolutely. So until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.